Hello, fashion photography lovers. I'm your host, Virginia Yancheva, and you're listening to the one and only podcast where you can learn every single thing about the fashion industry and photography. This is the Fashion Photography Podcast. If you've ever wondered how to get published in a magazine like Vogue Russia, our guest is going to answer this question today. Traveling around the world, sending editorials to different magazines, ideas inspired by the model, and so many other things, only in our today podcast. Say hello to my newest guest. I'm Zayuri Bloom and I'm working since some years as a freelance fashion stylist, mostly in Germany and in London. Since March, I'm traveling mostly in the whole world. I can call myself maybe a little bit more international freelance stylist. You're kind of in the middle of everything. <laughs> connected to fashion. Yeah, I really think it's really important for myself to be on some really interesting places, especially the last three days I was in Lisbon and it was really nice place, a nice city. I get some really great inspiration for my job. I moved from Hamburg to London. It was really hard to come from Hamburg to London because the city is really worse with the traffic and makes no fun if you have a big, huge van with you and you want to find a parking slot. Are you the one uh, driving? I do, I do, of course. <laughs> of course, because you're a stylist and as a stylist, I suppose you have a lot of clothes around yeah. you. Yeah, I have to say in Hamburg, I always use the car because there I have bigger clients and they want a lot of clothes I have to organize. And sometimes I also have to organize my editorials from Hamburg. So it's easier to use there the car and go with the car to the, all the press offices, pick up the clothes. And here in London, it's totally different because the brands usually use the courier and send me the samples. And then I can use also the courier to send them back. If I have to organize some clothes for clients, I go with the bus because it's more useful to use the bus here or sometimes also the underground, but I don't like the underground because I lose so much time to come down and up and I also don't see the city. I really prefer to be in the light. Uh, do you organize your own traveling or you have somebody? No, I do that always by my own. Do you find your clients on your own? Mostly it's becoming because I'm working with photographers for editorials. And if I do a really good job, it's loyal from the photographers that they book me also for jobs. Because you know each other and they trust you. Yeah, it's all about that, that you are getting closer as you can, more friendly a little bit familiar and I'm really a loyal person and I love to work with persons I take to my heart because you need it. You really need it. I'm really open for new clients and if they book me, they haven't worked with me before, it's totally fine. And it's really a big experience for me also. But yeah, I really love to work with people I already knew. I don't know, this world is really big, you know, but also during my travels, I found so many people there are so kind and it's like you have to keep these people i'm getting confused why you have worked with many photographers yes yeah. 
And you're traveling a lot. Yeah. And at the same time, how did you manage to find all these photographers? It's spending a lot of time searching for photographers you are interested because of their work. And I have my own style, but I have to say I'm much more open than my website is showing. And I want to be everywhere. I want to play mm -hmm. with all the styles. I can't tell me I'm a stylist who's working just in graphical styles or just in sexy style. No, I want to do really everything. I want to have some great experience with other photographers. So I'm looking for photographers I'm really interested in and I like pictures they did. So I contact them and ask them mostly if they would like to meet me for go see. And I ask them also in the same time if they want to work with me. So that's how it works. Okay, but what if this person is in the other end of the world? What if they are in Australia? Are you going to travel there? Is this why you're traveling so much? <laughs> no. Okay, my last request, it's from LA-based photographer. She asked me if I want to work with her, maybe in New York City or in LA, if I'm there again. And I told her, you know what? In the next time, I'm not in LA, but I would like to work with you. And if I can make it... I I will come to you, but for this, I have to organize more go-sees and more editorials I can produce there because traveling is really, really expensive. If you are not planning them months before, it's really expensive. So you have to think about how much you can do in the same time. And you're willing to travel somewhere just because a person have told you that they really like your work. You go then on the website from the photographers and check out if they really fits with your style. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if a photographer fits your style and they tell you that they really like your work, you're about to travel half of the world in order to shoot with <laughs> Yes, why not? You're amazing. That's awesome. Because I really, really love to meet people. And if I can make this experience, why not? It's to keep busy and meet the cities again or for the first time. It's really a great experience you can have with traveling. I think that's too bad that we mentioned it in the podcast. Your mailbox will be full of messages. I have to sort out, I have to say. <laughs> Sometimes I don't have the time. Also, August, I was producing seven editorials in one month. I get five more regrets and I have to say to them, no, I can't do that because I already in Russia. I don't know where I can put these editorials anywhere. <laughs> Isn't it too hard for you to go in another country and find all the designers that you want to include in the photo shoot? It's not that complicated, I have to say. If you want to work in another country, you have to think about which magazine you choose. If you have, for example, the last time I was traveling to Los Angeles, I had magazine L'Officier's Risk with me and I organize the most of the clothes from Germany, Swiss and Austria's press offices. They send it over to America and some of the brands send it from America, mostly from New York City. Just three brands I have to pick up in Los Angeles, but everything else was shipped by themselves because they also want to help myself, to support me with my editorial. So they can be included 
Yeah. Also, if I have a magazine in America, it's easier if you produce in America because then you get more and more and you don't have to take them with you with a lot of luggage. If I'm traveling, I have always huge luggage behind my back. I'm a small person and if you see me <laughs> carrying my luggage on this wagon, you can't see me anymore. I have seen some pictures of myself from friends they did and it's really nice pictures sometimes. Maybe you should send those pictures for Neverland Mag where your interview will be applied. <laughs> I hope I can find some for you. Also, the car I'm driving in Germany, it's a huge Chrysler from my boyfriend and I call it Panzer <laughs> because it's so big and if I come out of this car, it's so funny. You can't see all these faces. Last time I produced with a photographer for Harper's Bazaar and Vogue Russia and they haven't seen that I'm in the car because you're so small. Yeah, I'm really, really small. <laughs> <laughs> and then I funny to see all these faces. They're a little bit shocked and surprised and then in the next time they're really laughing about because they're, oh no, I haven't imagined that you drive a car like that. It's so huge. Yeah, you might be really kidnapping people there. As a second job. <laughs> yes. Tell me, did you go to Russia or the no, I was producing them in St. Peter Ording, that's on the North Sea of Germany, because mm -hmm. I really addicted to this place. It's amazing. It's just a wide, big open. It's very, very beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. I also really love to work on the sea. I'm addicted to the beach and the nature. And if you listen to the sound of the way, relaxing place also. Talk to me, girl. I've been born <laughs> near the sea in another life, not this one, unfortunately. <laughs> Tell me about Volkrusha. Did they approach you or... No, it, I was working first for Harper's Bazaar. Can you tell me how did you manage to go to Harper's Bazaar? And then you'll tell me about the connection between Harper's Bazaar and Vogue. The shoot for Harper's Bazaar is becoming with the photographer. He was calling me just five days before the shoot and asked me if I want to shoot this great model, Chris Gottschalk. And it was the photographer. Yes, it was the photographer. He was asking me and he remembered me from a job before. I wasn't the first option for him, but the stylist he had before, she told him he can't do that because in this meantime, it was August and this press office doing mostly holidays during this time. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to get samples from the brands, but I was like, I give a shit on it. <laughs> I, I want to shoot her and I want to shoot with you. So... I will do that. I don't care how much stress it will be, but I was so happy I did it, really. I have to say, a really, really hard job for me to make this editorial because of this organizing. The Harper's Bazaar. Yeah, and until it was finished, I was like, Jesus, I have to give it to somebody else. It's bigger than Harper's Bazaar Chesh. And mm -hmm. then I was asking Vogue Russia, and they go on their nerves. Really, I, <laughs> I call them... 
How did you manage to contact them? It was just looking with Google for the contact and yeah, <laughs> I was calling them. Oh, you were calling them, not writing down emails. Oh, I was writing them before. Also the photographer, he was written them, but he mm -hmm. haven't get an answer. And I was like, ah, I have to make it. I have to make it. I have to call them <laughs> because they, they <laughs> haven't answered any email we have sent them. It was maybe five emails we sent them before. For. And I was like, no, now I have to call them. We never get an answer if I'm waiting for an answer via email. <laughs> so I was calling them and was asking for the one person I was looking for. And she provided us really the editor of Book Russia. And I have to say, I had luck in this time because she told me already we were too late for the fall winter editorials because the season already mm -hmm. closed. But I had really luck. Do I get it right? You shot editorial for Harper's Bazaar. Yeah. And you decided to give it to Vogue Russia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really have to say I love Vogue Russia editorials. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah. But was it was it published in Harper's Bazaar already? No. We called them and told them, you know what? We paid for everything by our pockets. Get the pull letter from you, but we send it to somebody else. Oh my God. Are they ever going to use you again? Yes, they will. Because the photographer here have a really good connection to them. And he is working with them a lot and they wasn't surprised that we want to give it to somebody else you also got a their nerves it was not me alone yeah, the photographer. <laughs> the photographer. <laughs> we decided as a team. It's not that we mm -hmm. only think, oh, I have to do that by my own. It was a conversation. Yeah, you have to speak about where you want to go in the future. And really, I want to go with Vogue Russia. And I told him, do you mind if we can send it to Vogue Russia? And he was very totally open for that because he also was thinking about to send it to other magazines. Sometimes you have this point where you want to go Go, you have to grow up with every editorial you do. Growing up is a very important part of each and every professional, I think. Yeah. And it's constant process. It's not something that you have to do in the beginning and then say to yourself, I'm good here. Because whenever you feel good somewhere, I think that's the sign you have to move forward. Yeah, it's it's really like that. Also, if I think about my start as a fashion stylist, I have to laugh about because that was really nothing. In the beginning, I have to feel like newbie and I have to be more creative bigger and I have to want to produce more editorials more campaigns I want to do more it's really weird for me that you made this editorial for Harper's Bazaar that turned out for Vogue because whenever I work with Harper's Bazaar they always have a stylist from the magazine yes the fashion editors the fixed fashion editors yeah. of the magazines I suppose it was an unpaid job for the photographer it's unpaid but for all magazine it's possible you know oh, of course the only difference is that they are not paying but they can accept other photographers work with other stylists work i think it's important to mention that for all the people who are listening to us and they're wondering how to end up in a magazine like this because my way wasn't exactly this way i was invited by the magazine and every time i work for harper's bazaar i work with the sad fashion stylist from the magazine 
Yeah, that's really, really normal, I have to say. And it's really hard to be a freelance stylist and to work for these magazines because usually, yeah. you know it also, they use the fashion editors from the magazines. But if they want something new, another kind of style, and they got it with my style because it's totally different to the editorials the photographer was doing with them, also with the fashion editor, it's totally different. I want to make something else they have seen before in the magazine or they haven't used it. I was thinking Chris Gottschalk, she is more edgy. She's not that model that have to be in a big role from haute couture. She's more mm -hmm. rock and roll. She's really rock and roll girl. <laughs> She's totally different. Yeah. If you think about this, what you can do with her, you are inspired by the model, not by the idea where you want to shoot it. You That's have to right. think about what is the best for the model. The photographer, he told me, if you don't mind, I would really like to do something more rock and roll. I know it's not in the portfolio, but I would like to do that and more crunchy and more sexy. Something else I have in my portfolio. And I was like, yeah, I'm open for that. Why not? Did they provide the model? No, it was an idea of the photographer because he met mm -hmm. her in New York City. He was living with her in a flat and at this time he recognized her with long blonde hair. And now she have this really, really short hair. And she was like, now he have a new style. I have to shoot her. <laughs> yeah, she's completely gorgeous. Yeah. But I love that you actually said that the idea in this case is inspired by the model. Yeah, I have to say I'm very spontaneous. I don't have any doubts about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I get a mood board. And if I feel, okay, if you want to shoot this model, you have to think about if this is really the right idea. Because if you put the model in an idea, it's not fitting together. It looks so weird and it feels not really nice. Something is wrong. This is the reason why I always take so many time to think about if this is the right idea for the model. We was producing yesterday an editorial for Shen magazine and we had a model. She had long, blonde, beautiful hair and we love her edgy style, but we gave her a short wig in brown and with a fringe also to make her more edgy and more special because we want this graphical style with shadows and lights and we think about what we can do else. Do we want to use her long blonde hair and make an edgy hairstyle or do we want to use the wig because we wasn't sure in the beginning and in the morning we start with the makeup we was working together on what is the best for this model and we go for the wig we decide that this is the best also the model she told us she loved the wig because it's special and she never had this hairstyle before so she wants to go with this hairstyle she know the model agency maybe have something against the wig because it's not looking like her yeah but it gave her another touch. It's maybe more interesting for other clients to see what they can do else with the model. You work with so many different photographers. 
Yeah. So they have very different approaches, right? And um, I was wondering, are there any situations in which you are the person telling to the team what's going on? And are there cases in which the photographer is the one on top? Tell me about this. Tell me about the different styles of other photographers and how they work. And please give some advice to those young stylists listening to us who would like to know more. You have to think if this is the right photographer for you, because I worked with photographer he also booked me as an art director i was doing all ideas he was really addicted to all the mood boards he loved the mood boards and we also produced editorials but it was not his style in the end i have to say it was the wrong decision we shoot this together because it wasn't his style he have another style here in the end i had a feeling he was not happy with that i feel really bad for this because i always want that somebody who's choosing my mood boards he really know what we are doing and if they're feeling not right with the mood board if you have the feeling it's not the right one stop it before because if you produce it and in the end there is feeling it was wrong you are not happy it's really wasting time and it's also stressful if you want to produce editorial you need money also and it's really hard for a new stylist please explain to the people listening what do you need this money for it's really a lot it's um money for the shipping the clothes you need money for the traveling costs of the model also for the uh, hotel if you need a hotel if you decide to go somewhere like you based in hamburg and you want to go to london you also have to think about the traveling costs for the whole team it's coming from Hamburg and want to shoot in London. Yeah, but let's be honest, let's not scare the okay. whole creatives <laughs> away because if you're a team, you're supposed to split this money. Yeah, it should be like that. Also, the model, if she or he is addicted to the idea and he really want to do that, sometimes I don't have to pay also the traveling costs because they want to work with us because they yeah. want to be in. It's different. It's not always the same, especially me. I have to say I have a team in Hamburg and my friend, she is a photographer also. And I have a makeup artist friend. And if I come to mm -hmm. Hamburg, I can call them and ask them, do you want to make a shoot? And then we come mm -hmm. together and think about the idea and then we're calling the model agencies if there any models are interested in this idea and if they would like to choose our team if they want to do that you have to think about what you want to have in the end is it just for your portfolio or is it for the magazines It's really important that you fill up your portfolio with many different works you did in the past because it's really good to have publishing work in your portfolio, but it's also really nice to have works they showing more what you can do your personal yeah it's personal work and style and maybe you have more creative styles and some magazines they are not so open with the style so it's really hard to find it's very hard for me to understand that to be honest with you because there are many people with different styles and like you they can fit in different ideas yes. at the same time there are so many different magazines out there and if everybody does their research the right way those editorials can get published and in fact start being editorials because before that it's just a photo shoot i think they can be published but i can partly understand what you mean simply because i just want to show them so bad <laughs> 
I cannot wait for the magazine to publish. Yes, that's totally <laughs> true. This is the thing I'm sometimes thinking about. Do I really want to wait for the time the magazine will come out? Because sometimes it takes so yeah. many time until they will publish. Yeah, months. Them. Sometimes I really decide to have this shoot only for my portfolio. But to be yeah. honest, also these shoots are really important for my portfolio because everybody mm. see what I can do. And if you wait half year for for example, for the magazine, they publish your work, you mm -hmm. are running away because a half year later, you have a totally another style or you grow up in this business. You grow up this every month you are working. Yeah. And especially for stylists like you, I think it's very important. If you come to me and you say, here, this is my latest work <laughs> and I see some pieces from a year ago, I'll be like, yeah, that's great. But I don't need a stylist who hasn't had the connections and who cannot take the fashion work right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's really what you have to think about as a fashion stylist. I had an experience with a magazine. I was waiting eight months. It was painful. And it was like, this is the really totally wrong season. We was working with spring summer samples and it came out spring summer again, but it was the new spring summer season. Ah, that's so crazy. You can't work like that. You can't do your job. So I was like, no, I never do this again. If I have the feeling yeah. it takes too much time that the work will publish, I decide to say, okay, now it's running as a free project. And if everybody is fine with that, we use it only for our portfolios because it's yeah. in time. It's nice to publish it, but it's not the most important Yeah, I'm not sure if we really need that right now that much because it used to be something very special. I must admit that it's still special for me to wait for an editorial to come up in L in Bazaar or somewhere else if it's a print magazine. And I really wait for it Yeah, like a little kid. But <laughs> if it's going to be just in the web, I think it's not really that different if I'm going to publish it on my Instagram or the magazine is going to yeah, do that. Yeah, you have to think about that. If this really is the most important thing and really I love print magazine because you can touch mm -hmm. it I'm addicted to touching be careful with that <laughs> yeah but you know I love to touch it and feel how the material is and it's the same sometimes they have a really nice smell and I <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah, it feels so nice if you can touch it and open your work. Oh my goodness, it's like a present on Christmas. It's kind of magic to see it because it's not just another file on your computer. It's something different. That's why I think it's so important for people to print their images, to put them on their walls, to see them and touch them. It's something physical. It's something different. It's totally different to all this online stuff but in this time everybody must also do online stuff because it get yeah. more important than before if you think two years before there was not important not so much to be online yeah but most of the clients nowadays are coming exactly thanks to the internet yeah yeah Thanks to the internet, we can listen <laughs> to you right now. It's really, really, really good. Instagram is getting more important than two years before now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm booked because of my Instagram account. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's also for the models. You see sometimes through the model agencies, they have separate area just for the Instagram followers. So they can see how much followers mm -hmm. model have. And some of the clients, they go for a model with a lot of followers because they 
know there are many people they will see up this work everybody have to think about if you do something just for online it's also nice because many yeah. people will see it also some magazines are not available in other countries if you go with an online editorial everybody can see it where have you been obviously europe you've been in the states have you been in asia i spent three months in tokyo that was the most experienced city ever i love the city because it's why didn't stay there it's just because it's so different to any place else it's a magical city because it's so different mm. to west cities if you go to new york you have all these guidelines and if you go to tokyo you have also these guidelines but it's totally different i can't really say in words because you have to see this place everybody they ask me why it's so special i tell them you have to go to this place and feel it because it's so different you stand there and just spend 10 minutes and all these people are running you stand in the middle and looking on all these pins and big screens <laughs> wow i'm like alice in wonderland <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel it's the right market for you? I don't think so, but it's a great experience to have. It's inspiration for my job. I start with Tokyo with styling because... You started there. Before I was a visual communication designer. Yeah, it's good that in the end of the interview, we decided to talk about history. <laughs> <laughs> I was a visual communication designer before. What's communication designer? You create uh, campaigns. You do the layout for the clients. Maybe coming up with an idea, you draw those ideas as a layout and creating these campaigns, they are printed. Really a lot of graphic doing. You call it also in German as graphic designer. It sounded like a graphic designer, but... <laughs> Now, in this time, this job get a new name. Don't mm -hmm. ask me for what reason. <laughs> I decide to go to Tokyo because I want to see something else of this world before I wasn't traveling. I was thinking about New York and Tokyo. And I was thinking, if you want to travel more, where you want to go easily, it's New York. So I decide to go to Tokyo because it's not that easy to go there. You need yeah. a visa if you want to stay there longer and you have to organize that all. So you went there just to explore or you went there to work as a communication designer? It was both because of festival and I did there an interview. I was the only German graphic designer at this festival and I was really addicted to German people. I'm not looking <laughs> like a German people. I'm totally looking like a normal Asian people. But I'm exactly German as it can be. <laughs> Is that the place where you decided to become stylist? Yes, yeah, it was really because of all this. Many people, they had different styles and they don't care about that. They are looking maybe a little bit funny or different and crazy. You know, there's Harashuku and Shibuya and this is an amazing place if you want to be like an anime. It was <laughs> anime in real life and if you look through these people, I was like, wow, that's so beautiful if how much you can play with fabric. And I recognized that I was, as a child, 
child, I was addicted to play with my dolls and put them with tissues. And I was always creating tissue dresses, a little bit cheap style. But as a child, it was really amazing to play with. You were a child. Yes. Yeah, if you were making expensive clothes <laughs> yes. back then, that would be amazing. Best thing I ever was doing because <laughs> I create dresses. And in this time, I was like, oh, I have to change my job. Now I see as a child, you was really happy with this job. Mm -hmm. Then I decide really step graphic design. So you went back? Yeah, I went back to Germany and then I started. Did you study it anywhere? I started fashion design and I also was doing the clothes by my own. So I was really practical on this job. I really want to know how to sew the dresses, how they falling. If you use material in this way or in this way, I'm addicted to haute couture because this hand stitching, it's more magic than doing a dress with a machine. In the end of the studying, it was like, now you have to decide if you want to be a designer or if you want to be a stylist. I decided to go as an assistant to a stylist in Paris and I contact her. <laughs> you have to do this at your studying, but it was too short for her. She wanted to have me more than a half year and she told me, if you have finished with your studying, you can come to me again and we can start as assisting for me in Paris. I have to say it was a really great experience to assist her. I can play so much Do you want to tell us her name? It was Peggy Schuller. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Everybody in Germany knows her. She is doing this fabulous, big, opulent dresses. They are always flying through the world. <laughs> like <laughs> using meters of fabric in, in one dress. 50 meters in one dress. <laughs> Did you make most of your connections in the fashion world thanks to the time you were assisting? Not really. I was like a child in the kindergarten and learned the first things I have to say for styling. And I was also finding out myself if I want to be more designer or a stylist. And she was doing both. So I can use this time I was assisting for her what I want to do after this assisting time. It was more for me to find myself and I wasn't thinking about to make contacts. It was just to see how I can work in this business. And I also organize some editorials for her to organize all the samples and I was feeling like it makes for me more fun to organize editorials, the samples and to be with an idea and coming up with the photographer together in this idea. I was really addicted more to be a stylist than to a fashion designer. Let's sum up a little bit our conversation by now. We talked about keeping your relationships, the importance of talking to your team and growing big. And we also talked about Asia and you're from Germany, but your name does not sound like Germany name. No, it's because I'm an Eurasian. That's meaning I'm mixed. <laughs> My mm -hmm. mother is a totally German woman. She blonde, curly hair, blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And my father, he is from Vietnam. He came with the age of 18 to Germany. And since this time, he lives in Germany. I'm really looking 
like a typical Asian girl, but all the Asian people, they see my mixed blood because my gin is totally German. <laughs> it's really nice to see this sometimes because only just Asian people, they see you have something from Vietnam, but you have also something from somewhere else. <laughs> And then they asking me what I mixed else. But I also grow up in Germany, so I don't speak any Vietnamese words. Maybe some few but it's really not interesting <laughs> it's a hard language to learn this part of my life it gave to me more creativity because this graphic style in my work i feel it's coming totally from my asian part it's completely possible yeah and yeah. this all this german stuff it's organizing editorials <laughs> That's okay, tell me about your name. So your name is coming thanks to your father. Yes, it's coming from my father's side because my grandmother, she it's really a, a tradition from Vietnam to use a name in the family. It's already existing. Also, Sayuri is my nickname. Really? Yeah. By traveling to Tokyo, I go with the name Time and they can't spell it and they feel shame because they can't spell my first name and they you have to find another name they was asking me what you really like and i was like i like lilies the flowers uh -huh. this is the reason why sayuri bloom is coming up because they told me oh. sayuri is meaning little lily and bloom is standing for all the flowers you love that's so sweet yeah it was it was really sweet and i'm so thankful for this japanese people they can't spell my vietnamese name <laughs> i really love this name since this time i never never lose this name and everybody who spell it they told me you know what i really recognize this name it's so beautiful and it's so special and you never heard it before it's really different to all the other names also my boyfriend he's using sayuri because if you hear it for me also it's so nice the first time i hear it i was crying <laughs> they're coming tears because <laughs> because i was like oh my goodness <laughs> you you really see what I am. I'm a stylist, but you see just the graphical style in the moment, but I'm addicted to flowers. I love flowers and I have to say my romantical part. If you see through my works, you see different styles and sometimes you don't know where it's coming from, but I love the flowers and then you see this romantic stuff in my work and this is where it comes from. Just from my name, <laughs> from Japan. <laughs> That would be so beautiful if this was the end of the interview. But unfortunately, I have one <laughs> more question for you. Or maybe two. Yes, it's fine. <laughs> What are your advices for the new stylists out there? You have to think about where you want to be in the future, which style you want to be. And be creative. Do something crazy. Be your own. Don't think about what anybody else is thinking about. Just play with what you want to do and see what happens. Because you get other reactions from anybody else. I don't care if it's not the right stuff for this person. But there is anybody else. It's the right thing for them. Play 
play, be creative and make journeys. Totally, <laughs> you have to travel and see through the world because this is the biggest experience you can have. Also, if you go to the cities, you are inspired. I'm sure you are inspired by all these people. They have another culture, also the food. It's the best thing you can have for your mind. It's the biggest experience and inspiration also. And if you can have food, that's also... Great. Of course, especially Lisbon. The, the last three days, every time it was fish, but it was always different fish. <laughs> it was shells and anything yeah. else, but it looks always so different. And I make pictures of all these meals because I was thinking this could be like this dress and this could be like for this idea. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's the best thing you can have. Just go with open eyes through your world and make no if you want or make pictures with your mobile phone and make some diaries or I also have some sketchbooks and drawing inside and if I find something in a magazine inspired myself I put it also in my sketchbook and for me it's really really helpful to have the sketchbook because sometimes you lose the ideas you had some days before And if you look through these ideas, you think, oh, wow, I totally forgot this. But you have it in your sketchbook, so it's saved. Yeah, that's very important. I always have my notebook in my case. Do you have any advices for the photographers how to make easier the stylist's lives? For example, what are you going to like a new photographer that you're meeting right now? What is going to make you good impression? Yeah, I have to say the last time I met photographer, it was like because they are so easy. They was relaxed. They was trusting you. If the photographer trusts you with your style, that's the best thing you can have because you can do everything. It feels really, really, really good if you know this photographer don't think about what you are doing because he know you do a good job. It's really, I think, difficult to every photographer to do this. Yeah, it is <laughs> difficult. difficult. Especially for the first time. I really imagine this is really, really hard for every photographer to do this but I had this experience in August and it was the best thing ever I was like wow I have to keep this photographer it makes so fun to work with him because he's trusting me so much and he wants to be more and he wants to be more creative styles and I was like oh, like a child because it was fun it was a big fun to work with him and I always have fun at my job because I love my job but This was more fun than it was. So photographers, you should trust your stylists. <laughs> Do we have to tell you something before the photo shoot? If we're shooting together for the first time, do we have to explain something to warn you about something? I think it's really important that you have a discussion with the photographer, that you call together. And if it needs hours, it needs hours to come together with the ideas and speak about everything. You have to be open. And if you think you have to tell this to the photographer, please tell them because it's so helpful to know what other people thinking about also if you have another idea everybody is open in this job to have another idea with so if he's not using this idea it doesn't matter but he knows you're thinking so it's really good mm -hmm. that you have before these calls together and also if you make emails it's not the same if you write that down it's coming always in a different way to the other person 
Yeah, if you say it, you can use Skype for this if yes. you're too far away from each other or something like that. Yeah, great advice. That's very important to do that. For me, it's the best thing. Come together with a Skype call. <laughs> Synchronize each other. Great advice. I love it. Also, the best thing you can do as a stylist is pack your luggage before you go to bed. If I have flight in the lunchtime, then I want to be packed already because I can maybe sleep a little bit longer because because I prepared already. And if you pack just in the morning, you forgot so many things because you can't recognize everything, especially if you have a list. I make a list with all the stuff I need to pack in. Thank you very much for this conversation. It was amazing and very fun. And I loved it so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> this was really nice for me also. That interview was a lot of fun. I was smiling the whole time. And this girl, she's on fire. <laughs> Don't forget to check out her work. And you can also see my work in the show notes. Would really appreciate if you tell us what do you like about this podcast. And if you have a topic in mind that you'd like to hear about, let me know in our Facebook group called The Fashion Photography Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'll see you on Friday.